This Money Wise podcast is underwritten in part by Eventide, believing that investing is more than just returns. It's an opportunity to partner with companies that align with your values and are making a positive difference in the world. You can learn more at eventideinvestments.com. When you're following the herd, it's hard to tell when the herd's headed in the wrong direction. Hi, I'm Rob West. Well, there's no doubt that Wall Street is a scary place these days. It's all the more reason to have a solid investing plan in place and sticking to it. But one group of investors is letting emotions triumph over planning. I'll talk about that today, and then it's onto your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Money Wise, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Okay, so which group am I talking about? Well, a recent survey by Ally Financial revealed that almost half of millennials, roughly aged 25 to 40, have sold investments during the past volatile year. The poll also showed that other age groups, for the most part, have stuck with their investing plans. There's an old joke that the best investment advice is buy low, sell high, but millennials don't seem to have gotten it. If you're following a long-range plan and the wisdom of that joke, now would be a good time to buy, not sell. Certainly, there's been a lot of bad news this year to scare investors, the highest inflation in 40 years, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and the Fed raising interest rates, seemingly on a collision course with a recession. Uh, Those bleak reports have apparently affected millennials the most as 49% of those surveyed in August said they'd sold stocks over the past 12 months. That's compared to just 21% of investors in the demographic we know as Gen X, age 42 to 57. Interestingly, still fewer investors outside those two groups, Gen Z, ages 18 to 25, and some baby boomers, ages 58 to 67, sold stocks in the past year. So why are millennials selling? off to a greater extent than other age groups? And remember, these are folks 25 to 40. Well, it could be that they're under more financial strain than others. This might include trying to buy a house and skyrocketing home values in the past year haven't helped there. Or they could be facing more expenses raising children or caring for elderly parents who may not have put away enough for retirement. But even if millennials are selling stocks for what might seem to be the right reasons, it's still the wrong time to sell if you're following a long-term investing plan, looking ahead at least five years, if not 10. Uh, For those folks, a bear market is a good thing. That's because of dollar cost averaging, and it's something that most investors should be doing. We've talked about the beauty of dollar cost averaging before, but it's worth going over again. When you contribute a consistent amount each month to your retirement account, you're automatically dollar cost averaging. That could be in stocks, mutual funds, or whatever, and you do this no matter what the market's doing. This eliminates all the guesswork. You're not trying to figure out what the market is likely to do next month or next year. You've already made an investing decision based on a long-range plan, and this is following one of God's financial principles found in Proverbs 21.5. Steady plotting brings prosperity, hasty speculation brings poverty. Now, if this seems like a mindless way to invest, it isn't. It's actually very smart. 
Uh, That's because by contributing a consistent amount each month, you're automatically buying fewer shares when prices are high and stocks are expensive. But then when stocks are down, like they've been this year, and you still invest the same amount each month, you're buying more shares. So no matter what happens on Wall Street, you're always building maximum equity at minimum cost. The dollar cost averaging doesn't give you big wins overnight. It gives you long-term gains. And if you stick with it and don't pull your money out when things look bleak, those gains can be substantial. Uh, Let's say a bear market lasts six months, a year, or even longer. With dollar cost averaging, you're laying the foundation for significant gains down the road. When the market recovers, all those extra shares you bought when prices were low will be worth more, greatly increasing the value of your portfolio. Most of us work pretty hard to save and invest. It's just human nature to have some emotional attachment to those dollars. But emotions are dangerous when it comes to investing. They tend to crowd out logic and reason. Dollar cost averaging takes the emotion out of investing. It eliminates the possibility that you'll make a bad investment decision, like selling when the market's down and locking in your losses or buying more when stock prices are high. It forces you to think long-term instead. So if If you're a millennial investor or any investor for that matter, stick to your long range plan and don't let your emotions take over. All right, your calls are next at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. We'll be right back. God's word is packed with life-changing wisdom about your finances. And MoneyWise is here to help you and millions of others learn to be wise stewards. As a nonprofit organization, we rely on help from MoneyWise patrons, supporters of this mission, to help us continue and expand our outreach. Has God provided financial answers for you through this ministry? If so, please consider becoming a monthly MoneyWise patron. Visit MoneyWise.org and click Give on the homepage. If you have money in a retirement account or just a general investing account, you know the stock market can sometimes be like a roller coaster. But it is possible to enjoy both profit and peace of mind in investing, no matter what's happening in the market. You can see a short video webinar on that topic at soundmindinvesting.org. Since 1990, Sound Mind Investing has sought to offer financial wisdom for living well. soundmindinvesting.org. Well, we're so glad to have you back with us today on MoneyWise. I'm Rob West, your host. This is where we apply God's wisdom to your financial decisions and choices. You know, think about this. We were entrusted to manage the funds of the King of Kings. Well, that's a high calling that each of us have. So we want to be found faithful, right? So we explore the scriptures, the Old and New Testament, the counsel of the Lord to understand how we should approach managing his money. And the exciting thing is that there's real practical advice that we can pull out and apply to uh, how we manage his funds. We've got some lines open today. We'd love to hear from you. 800 525 thousands, the number to call. By the way, if you'd like to find an advisor, perhaps you're looking for an investment advisor or a financial planner, and you'd like someone who not only has experience and has met uh, high standards and character and competence, but also has been a 
specially trained to offer biblically wise financial advice. Uh, We trust the Certified Kingdom Advisor designation. It's the gold standard for biblically wise professional financial advice, and there's more than 1,400 CKAs across the country. If you'd like to find one in your area, you can do that quickly and easily on our website at moneywise.org. Just click Find a CKA. All right, let's head to the phones today. Fort Lauderdale, Florida, my hometown. Elaine, thank you for calling. Go right ahead. I was thinking I have some credit cards that I'm paying a little bit more than the minimum on. And I'm kind of tired now when with interest rate escalating. Yeah. I was just wondering, I have a piece of land, and I was just wondering if I shouldn't just sell it and pay off these debts and get out of, of, of debt. Yeah. I like the idea of getting out of debt. The question is how to do it, Elaine. A couple of questions for you. Tell me about that property. Uh, where is it located and what were your plans prior to thinking about using it to pay off the credit card debt? I just had it as an investment, you know, and if the market turned up, I was planning to sell it so okay. I could just take care of other things. But yeah. um, right now I'm retired and, um, you know, the possibility of doing something else with it is not right there now. I'm a Christian and I really do want to get out of debt. And I think that's one of the ways I plan to do that. Yeah, very good. Uh, Where is it located, Elaine, and what do you believe the value of it is? Okay, it is in Ocala. I've gotten a few proposals and um, they range from 10000 a little less, to 13000 Okay. And do you have an agent who could represent you in selling it? Um, actually, I am trying to find someone who is very proficient in real estate and um, could probably get me a good price on it because it overlooks some water and... Um, I know that adds a little value to it. So sure. yeah. right now, I, to say name someone, I don't have anyone like that. Sure. But okay. I would have to do some research and yeah. um, find out. Yeah, I would encourage you to do that research because, uh, you know, selling raw land is a little different than selling an improved property with a home on it. And not all realtors specialize in that particular type of real estate. So I would find somebody who specializes in selling land, particularly in that particular you know, area that you own the property. Um, one of the best ways to do that other than referrals is to just go up there and drive the area because undoubtedly you'll find somebody has the majority of the listings on properties that are similar to yours. And that might be just the person you want representing you because not only will they understand how to market it, but they may even have buyers for it directly. Uh, so I would really take your time and be thoughtful about how you choose the person to represent you. But uh, this makes sense to me. I mean, certainly the real estate is uh, priced very well right now. The idea would be if you could get enough out of this to eliminate the credit card debt, that would be great. Uh, you're spending a lot of money and it's only getting more costly as interest rates go up, uh, you know, to, to service this debt. I think the other key, though, Elaine, is making sure that at the same time you're paying this off, 
that you do the hard work to solve whatever got you into debt in the first place. Because the last thing I'd want is for you to come in, sell this land, wipe out the debt, and then you call me back in six months and say, Rob, guess what? The credit card debt's back, except now I don't have, um, you know, this real estate to sell to liquidate it. And so, you know, perhaps it was a single event out of your control. And there's, you know, we have those from time to time. But if, Elaine, it was just due to overspending uh, beyond your means, I want to make sure that before you go out and wipe this out, that you've really solved the underlying issue that led to the debt in the first place, you know, in terms of reining in spending and living within your means. Do you feel like uh, that would be an issue? Uh, No, that would not be an issue because what I use the card for is like emergencies. And um, prior to that, you were younger and Mm -hmm. you were spending, you know, (laughs) but now that I've gotten more um, mature, I feel that, you know, and and I'm retired now, I feel that it's time to start looking at, you know, getting out of debt and and doing other things. Well, I like that, and I certainly resonate with what you're saying. Let me just offer one other idea. Perhaps as you pay it off, and this is going to take some time uh, because you're going to have to find that professional and get it listed and get it sold and close on it, and that doesn't happen quickly. But once you pay it off, uh, what I would encourage you to do is continue making that uh, same payment you were making to the credit cards to yourself, but to put it into a savings account that we're going to call emergency savings. And I want you to set a goal to get that savings account up to six months worth of your expenses. And that's going to be your emergency fund. So when the unexpected comes, and it will, you're not having to run back up those credit cards. We've got something to fall back on. Is that a deal? Very good advice, and I'm glad I called you today. (laughs) Very good, Elaine. Listen, all the best to you in the days ahead, and thank you for checking in with us. We appreciate it. Hey, we have a couple of lines open, so if you'd like to get in on the conversation, we'd love to hear from you today. The number, 800-525-7000. Let's head, uh, well, let's head way west, Spokane, Washington. Pat, thank you for calling. Go right ahead. Oh, thank you so much, Rob, for taking my question. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I'm uh, 78 years old, and my husband's 82. He has Alzheimer's. Mm. We built our home, no debt. And then uh, we also, um, I've been praying about the idea of having a uh, money manager. I've heard your program so many times, and so I just love your program and mm. so impressed you. with uh, your advice. And I did interview five uh, different uh, money management uh, financial planners. They they have different names. Sure. And the the that I just don't feel. Uh, I uh, I guess I'm afraid I'm going to lose more money because in sure. 2008 I lost a lot of money, and now even yeah. now it's gone down quite a bit. What we have already. So I'm afraid yeah. to put the cash into the market. But they yes. all, all the people that I interviewed wanted me to do that. And they yes. get 1% uh, sure. of the uh, money. And yeah. I thought, oh, that is, that's too much money. So, yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about this. I, I've got to take a quick break. That was helpful background. When we come back, let's explore this idea of what you have, what God has entrusted to you, and what your options are in terms of handling that moving forward with an advisor or not. Uh, we'll be right back with you, Pat. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
Do you ever feel stressed or anxious about money? If so, that's normal, but you don't have to accept that. You can find peace of mind and financial security. Learn how with the 31-day devotional, Money Seeking God's Wisdom. You'll find powerful scripture and practical exercises for spiritual and financial growth. You can request your copy with a gift of any amount. Would you consider a monthly or one-time gift by December 31st? Just visit moneywise.org give. Investing is more than just returns. It's an expression of who you are and what you value. Does the way you invest your money reflect your identity as a Christian? At Eventide, we design investments for performance and a better world, so you can invest with a confidence to reach your financial goals while remaining true to your Christian values and commitments. We call this investing that makes the world rejoice. More is available at investeventide.com. That's investeventide.com. Welcome back to Money Wise. I'm Rob West. Just before the break, we were talking with Pat from Spokane. Pat uh, is wondering about uh, some money that uh, they have, cash that they have on the uh, sideline that's in addition to other investments that they have, and just wondering how to think about that in light of what's going on in the market, whether they should have a professional advisor managing this money, and the cost associated with that. Uh, Pat, if I heard you correctly, you have about a half a million dollars in cash right now. Is that right? That's right. Correct. Okay. And then the rest of your portfolio, is that currently in stocks? And if so, who's overseeing that at the present time? Uh, I have 800000 with five. Um, my husband has some, uh, we both have some money with um, um, Thrivent, which uh, we used to be called uh, Lutheran Brotherhood. Yes. Uh-huh. So I'm we probably have four, we have about 400000 between the two of us invested uh, with them. And then we have some uh, uh, bonds. Well, yeah, bonds. Okay. And the, did you say the 800000 was at Fidelity? And then our house is, so that probably puts us about $3 million Yeah, totally. yeah. But in terms Which of investable that, assets, not with the house, how much do you have in total? It would be uh, the 800000 with the Fidelity, because they suggested that we consolidate all of it instead of having okay. some with uh, Thrivent and Fidelity and then putting the $500,000 cash into that. Yeah. And is there an advisor managing the 800 at Fidelity? Uh, yes, I, I have a manager. Um, I never really figured out how much I pay him. Um, <laughs> so I, I haven't been very good. I'm not very good with money. And okay. uh, I mean, with investments. And that's part of the problem is that my husband has Alzheimer's. So I really yeah. um, can't count on him to help anymore. Sure. Yeah. I understand. Well, I think the key here is that, first of all, I understand this is a huge responsibility, and you are the steward of these funds, and you're wanting to be found faithful with that. And I realize that uh, investing can be confusing, in some cases overwhelming, and sound expensive, because I realize if you're you know, on a million dollars, you're paying 1% a year, that's $10,000 a year that you're paying in fees. Uh, at the same time, you know, we want to take all that you've been entrusted, which is a significant amount of money, and make sure that 
it's being handled wisely. And so I think from that standpoint, whether it's paying to prepare your taxes or paying to sell your, you know, half million dollar home or paying to manage your one plus million dollars worth of investable assets, I just like the idea of seeking wise counsel. If you have a trusted advisor who has experience, who's not trying to sell you things or, you know, operate under their own agenda, but as a fiduciary, putting your interests first, helping you to make wise decisions to first protect the capital that you have and second, grow it at a reasonable rate, that makes sense because in light of these inflationary times, you're losing purchasing power with that cash that's just sitting there on the sideline. And so the very best way to overcome that is through uh, stock and bond investing. Now, we go through these what they call cyclical bull markets like we've been in you know, the last uh, decade or more where we have a prolonged upward market trend. We're probably entering a period here with low growth and higher inflation where we're going to have more of a sideways market, which is challenging because it can take some time to work our way through that until we hit the next kind of bull market. We probably won't just recover through this recession and just go straight up again. Um, we could have a period of time with lower uh, you know, results. But the idea is if you don't need this money right away or you need a small portion of it, if the Lord tarries and you're in good health, you could need this money to last for you know a couple of decades or more. And so the idea is how do we keep it in a position where it has the potential to grow to overcome inflation and it not just be sitting on the sideline and recognize we're going to have to pay to do that. And 1% is an appropriate percentage just in terms of uh, just what the, you know, the market um, uh, forces kind of demand in this area. That's certainly not uh, an, an amount that I would say would be exorbitant or high uh, just given the, the investing landscape. So I think that makes sense, but I do think it's, it's the right thing for you to make sure you're with the advisor who you understand understand, you know exactly how they get paid, you have a plan uh, that your, you know, is, is really aligned with your values and priorities, and that the investment strategy appropriately reflects that. And then if that's the case, then deploying even the a portion of that half a million dollars into the market at a time when the market's down considerably makes a lot of sense as long as we have a long-term view and as long as you have enough cash on the sideline to give you the cushion you need to be able to access those funds you know, as you need them along the way, whether that's for care for your husband uh, or just for the unexpected. Uh, but tell me your thoughts on all of that. Oh, I think that's wonderful. Thank you very much. Uh, I have interviewed um, about five different wealth managers, okay. uh, financial planners. They all have different names, and some of uh, some of them have been hard to understand. And yeah. the, the more I talk to them, the more I begin to understand. It's it's something crazy inside my mind. It almost turns off when mm, I start yeah. thinking about money that way. Yeah. And I can understand that because that's not how you're wired. Um, let me do this. I'm going to send you a, a book that's called The Sound Mind Investing Handbook. It offers a lot of insights on investing. It's written for lay people, so it's easy to understand. And it comes from a biblical perspective. And maybe rather than hearing it audibly, read, being able to read it will help you digest it and give you some insights so that next time you have a conversation with a wealth manager, maybe you're armed with a little more information. So if that would be helpful, it will be our 
gift to you. You hold on the line, Pat. Uh, we'll get that book, the Sound Mind Investing Handbook, right out to you. And uh, God bless you as you make this decision. Uh, and we appreciate your call today. Uh, a quick email. This one simply says, I'm a nurse looking for a place to live. I'm 62 and no debt, looking to retire at 67. Is it uh, too late for me to get a mortgage? And what I would say to you, Pam, is that your age doesn't matter. The question is whether you want to take on the responsibility of maintaining a house and whether you'll be able to make the payments after you retire. Ideally, you'd want 20% going in and you wouldn't want a mortgage payment of more than 25% of your take-home pay or whatever your income will be in retirement. So let's just not get ahead of yourself financially, but if you have the financial means, the income, the down payment, you consult with a real estate agent on it before you do it, I'd say uh, there's no problem in taking on a mortgage. The key is your ability to pay. Well, before we run today, I want to ask you about how you think about money. Do you control how you spend it, save it, and give it, or does it seem to control you? Well, every day we talk about what the Bible has to say about money and how important it is to have a plan for how we manage it. If you haven't already done so, let me recommend that you check out the free MoneyWise app and let it help you get started on building a plan and working that plan so you control your money rather than it controlling you. You can find links to it on our website at moneywise.org. I'm Rob West. Many thanks to our amazing broadcast team and to you for listening. I hope you'll join us again next time, right here on MoneyWise. MoneyWise is provided by MoneyWise Media and listeners like you.